Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. And welcome to our After Easter Deeper Dive podcast with Sam. This week uh, was Easter. Uh, not sure when you're listening to it, but it, it is a few days after Easter. Still trying to recover as a staff. All that uh, goes on to that Super Bowl type week. We had a Good Friday experience. Well, we had the Seder meal, if you go back a couple weeks, lead into Palm Sunday, then into Good Friday experience, which was awesome. Yeah. Record numbers on that, I think, are the most that I can remember in a long time. Um, not that it's about numbers. You you might hear a lot of numbers on this, uh, but I'm sitting here with Sam, and uh, we're going to look this hopefully today. At, uh, we finished up Mark with Mark 16 this past week for our Easter Sunday service. We're going into Daniel next week. We're going to take a few moments to dive deeper, answer some of your questions, and look at that. But Sam, uh, oh, I need to go through all this stuff. If you're listening, be sure to like, share, uh, do all that smash the button, as Sam says, for all the things dealing with podcasts. And then if you have a question, uh, especially as we go into Daniel, there's some weird stuff with prophecy and good stuff, just weird stuff for us and our culture now. Uh, But be sure to text the word question to 96123. You'll get a prompt and you can follow through with that prompt and what all to do. and, And we'll try to address those in the coming weeks. But Sam, why don't you take it away and talk a little bit about what you preached on, and then we'll kind of get into all the Easter stuff. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? The the greatest news in the history of the world. Uh, we asked the question, why do we celebrate Easter? And we let Mark answer that question for us. And the Mark, gospel of Mark, not me. Not Well, Mark, you have helped us answer that as we've walked through the book of Mark. Um, so the, the writer of the gospel of Mark uh, tells the story of Easter in a, in a unique way. Uh, all of them have their own perspective on the resurrection, but all of them tell us that Jesus rose again, and all of us tell all of them tell us the stone was rolled away, uh, but Mark actually focuses on the stone even a little more, and so we allowed that to to direct the first part of our time as as they walk to the tomb. The ladies are talking about who is going to roll away the stone. Mark tells us also that the stone was very large, and these ladies are thinking there's something that I need to do that I cannot do that they think is separating them from the body. They think the dead body of Jesus. And we, we said, hey, we realize that that's a physical problem they were having that is different than us, but there is a spiritual problem that relates directly to that that is all over the Bible, and Mark's talked to us about it, and Jesus in Mark talked to us about it, and that is our sin separates us from God, and that's not something that we can move on our own. And just like in the story of the Easter resurrection narrative, God sent an angel to roll that stone away for them. God sent his son Jesus to take sin away for us. That's the spiritual side of what gets to happen on Easter and why we celebrate it. And then we went back to the physical stone and said, why was that physical stone actually rolled away? Well, we see uh, in the narrative, again, the stone was rolled away so that they can see. They walk in and the angel is someone they see, and then the angel says, hey, see, look, behold, this is the place where they laid Jesus. He's no longer there. Go tell his disciples that they're going to see him. And so we said, hey, the stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out, like he could walk through 
walls. The, uh, John tells us a couple of different stories of him showing up in a room that were locked doors, and he's there. He didn't need to roll the stone away to get out. He rolled the stone away so that we could see in. We could see and believe. And so then we invited people to place their faith in Christ. And thank you to many of you that brought your friends. Uh, we, I really got to talk to many guests that were with us on campus, hundreds of you serving so that we could welcome hundreds to our campus throughout the weekend. Uh, we saw on campus within, within a few people of 8,000 that were on campus this weekend, 4,000 that were in our services. That's not counting the Easter experience or the uh, the eggs, uh, not the eggs, the uh, what do you call the outdoor Easter thing? Easter fest. Easter fest. Yeah. Easter fest. Yeah, which was a sweet, sweet time. And y'all brought your friends. Y'all brought them to our, our campus. And so that was neat. Uh, on Good Friday, uh, we had one of the fathers reach out to us, had walked through the experience with his kid. And I shared this with the team, again, thanking them for what they're doing. I'm looking at Andrew and Mark. Um, but uh, that he walked the kid through the experience. The kid sees what Jesus had done for him on the cross. And his kid said yes to Jesus, wanted to, to follow Jesus as Savior and Lord. And so he said he was there also with his dad. And this father got to pray with his son the same prayer that he had gotten to pray with his dad uh, growing up, uh, trusting in Christ. And his kid saying, I want you to be my Savior and Lord. I repent of my sin. I believe I'm ready to follow you. And so we got to see that happen. Our, our, our staff actually right now, as we're recording, we have ministers right now that are following up with some of the people that have reached out to our church and, and said, hey, yes, some that were with us this weekend that said, hey, we've placed our faith in Christ and, and we weren't trying to follow up with them. Others that are looking for an opportunity to connect to a group and all those kind of things. And so it was, it was an incredible weekend, we believe, for the kingdom of God. And many of you listening were part of making that happen. So thank you. I did great. Uh, yesterday, I actually did one of those follow-up calls nice. and got somebody that said they accepted Christ and and was talking through it. And it was because a family here, and not to put names out there, but um, they, they just said that family had taken her in, had cared for her, all that. She lived in Addison uh, and had come over and is trying to consider how to get to our church more, re- more regularly, more frequently. Um, uh, but she was impacted by what she saw this weekend. And I would say from your sermon, even that was, that was the takeaway that kind of, you know, you could be studying the Bible for years and years have gone to seminary and you still get those little nuggets mm. in a sermon. And it was the, cause I, like you always thought, I didn't think he turned into Hulk Hogan. I thought just the Hulk, not Hulk Hogan, <laughs> uh, but that Jesus, you know, moved the stone and he had to get out and all that. But that the takeaway from the sermon that no, he could have gone through the stone. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't, there wasn't a, really a need to move the stone for Jesus that it was for us. And then, in I don't remember which sermon you said it in because I don't. I got to he, I got the pleasure of hearing, <laughs> hearing all, a lot of different all, talks from all me this five. Week. I think Very I think patient. you did five, and your voice lasted. That was the amazing thing. But uh, you said at one point maybe you're worried about the size of your stone, and it's really the size of your savior. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm probably just brutally ruined the way you said that, but it was something along those lines. What was the correct phrase? So, and I always leave stuff out of different talks, but yes. So like if, if you think, if you think that there's nothing that could move whatever it is that you think separates you from God because of how big that is, something you've done in your past, terrible, that you regret, that you feel guilt for and shame for, if, if you think that stone is too big, whatever it is that's separating you from God to be moved, you're really not 
thinking your stone is too big, uh, you're questioning the power of our God to roll that stone away in your life. And we, we believe that God sent his son Jesus to be the perfect Savior. And so really you're questioning the power of Christ, not the, the badness or the bigness of your stone. So, But it was a great weekend. I know you gave a Good Friday experience, and, and I just said a story from the thing. Do you have any other stories you want to share from the weekend that you've heard? Maybe not say names, but just kind of walk through that. So I, I, I have had a lot of fun conversations in our church over the last uh, few months, but one of them, I got to meet a man on Saturday, uh, not Saturday, sorry, excuse me, Sunday morning, who was in our church. He lives in a different city. Uh, but as we were talking, uh, a lady came up behind him who I'd gotten to talk to the week prior, and she had said, hey, you need to know your church has changed my life. And I thought she was interrupting the conversation because he was talking to me with his mom. And he said, hey, this is my mother-in-law. And I was like, what? Like, y'all go together? And so this, this was a young man I had never met. But because of his proactiveness and his faith, he had, through his now wife, invited his mother-in-law to the church. And now the church had been used in her life. And again, not with him there. The week prior had talked about how God had used the church in their life. And so on Easter weekend, I think it's one of those times where we are reminded of how uh, God has given us a unique opportunity to invite other people to be part of what I think we take for granted at times and how, how blessed we are to be in a church that reminds us of the kingdom of God and points us to faith in Christ. And I, I like the words you just used there, reminded, because the truth is, and, and former pastors have said this also, Easter's every week, you yes, know, that's the right. tomb is, the tomb is now always empty. That's right. You know, we, we fill it back up for Good Friday and more for symbolic and reason, but it's empty. Yeah. And so it's kind of that reminder in that we can do this whole thing next week. Now I'm a little tired to do the whole thing next <laughs> week, but we can do the whole thing next week or this summer or, you know, July 4th. Um, because the the tomb is empty, that's you right. know. That's right. And and all these stories we've said are because someone invited someone. That's right. Now, for me, the cool part about Good Friday is always because uh, I'll do communion, uh, you know, pass out communion or something like that, and you're sitting there and you're watching parents lead their children through that experience, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's unique. I know it impacts adults as much, but it's it's the impact it has on my kids, on your kids, as you walk through that Good Friday experience, and you kind of see, touch, feel um, what Jesus went through. That's you right. Know? And it's really just a bit of what he went through, but that's, that's always the highlight for me, um, which is weird to say Good Friday is the highlight of Easter, but seeing that in kids' eyes to, to realize what Jesus did for them. And that leads me right into one of the questions we got. Good. Uh, good segue there. Yeah. Again, I like to pat myself on the back for this. Way to go. But you mentioned and you walked people through how to be a Christian. So the question came in, how do I know that I'm a Christian? I love the question. How do you know if you're saved or not? Like we prompted people on, on Sunday to say, hey, if if you have never made the step to say, I want Jesus to be my Savior and Lord, we invite you to do that. And we also said, there's not a special prayer that saves you. There's not like these magic words that you can pray, and if you pray these magic words in the right order, then you're in heaven. It's also not, in a few weeks, we're hoping to get to baptize some people in our church, right? It's not magic water that saves you. Like, what what is it that saves you? Okay, what, is, what saves you is truly repenting, believing, following Jesus. Ma- Marcus talked to us all about that. But here's, here's the complicated side of that. Um, I'll, I'll just try to use an illustration. 
You you know what the problem with a counterfeit dollar bill is? No. No, no. Well, I know when I use a 20, they always put the little brown marker on it right. to, yeah. to check it. But So the problem with a counterfeit is not that it doesn't look like it's real. The problem with a counterfeit, if it's a good counterfeit, is it actually looks pretty close to being real, right? If if I walked into Walmart with my Monopoly money and tried to buy something, I would not get arrested. I would get laughed at because that's not really counterfeit dollars, right? I have tried to pay with my Moldovan money multiple times since I got back. And for some reason, they don't take Moldovan money. But you also didn't get arrested for that either. No, no, No. just laughed at (laughs) Yeah, so I do believe that there are many people that are doing uh, the Christian thing, that are walking through the motions of the Christian faith, that have never placed their faith in Christ, that they, they don't believe Jesus is their Savior and Lord, and they're not following Him inside, right? And so it's not what we do on the outside that saves us. You can go to church every Easter the rest of your life. Going to church every Easter doesn't save you, right? Uh, you could even open your Bible and say, okay, I'm going to read it and hope that if there is a God out there, He sees me reading it, and as He sees me reading it, then He's going to think I'm... no. Uh, salvation happens from the inside out as a work of God in response to what he has done for us through the cross, right? It's us truly from the inside out, which is something you can't see, right? That they mark that on the, the that mark on the counterfeit that you just brought up in my illustration. Thank you, you're helping me. <laughs> so that you actually see what's on the inside, right? They're, they're, they're trying to show you that that actually is a cloth instead of a kind of paper like we have in front of us right now. So it, it indicates that it is a real dollar. So it's, it's something that happens, it's a faith from the inside out in what Jesus has done for you, not what you're do- doing to earn your way in, what he has done for you. And so what we invited people to do on Sunday is to let us know, right, if they were saying, yes, I want Jesus to be my Savior and Lord, if they were believing in what he did. And so we're, we're having those follow-up conversations right now. And, and I would invite you also right now, if, if you do not know if you're saved, if you would like to have a conversation with someone about your, your faith in Christ, right now, wherever you are, you can text the word TALK to 96123, talk to 96123, or if you're part of our church family, you can come talk with us on a Sunday morning. You can reach out to me, Sam at First McKinney, and say, hey, I'd like to talk with you about my faith. There's nothing more exciting for us than helping someone confirm, right, affirm, right, from best we know, from looking in their life, uh, that they know and are following Christ. Now, uh, I'm not the judge, right? God is. Um, but I do know what the Bible says saves us, right? So just to follow up with that question, I know uh, working with teenagers, a question we get a lot of times is, okay, I said that prayer. Mm-hmm. My life truly changed from the inside out, but how do I know for sure? Like, in other words, the next year at camp, right. the next Easter, yep. okay, you stand up and you give the same sermon and suddenly I'm moved again. Mm-hmm. Wait, did I really? Because I think that's how Satan attacks. I'm answering my own question kind of in saying that. But I think Satan attacks us that with right. the doubt right. that you didn't really mean that. It wasn't real. That So how do you answer that? Well, uh, so you're pushing it again, and I might push it back to you here in a second. First John tells us that the, he wrote the book of First John so that we would know we're saved. And the book of First John actually talks about loving 
people all the time. And so in this book, Teaching Us to Know If We're Saved, he's going to say you're going to see something that's happening out outside of your life, and that is that you're going to be loving people selflessly and sacrificially in a way that's not really unex- it's, it's unexplainable apart from Christ, which points back to what John tells us Jesus said. Uh, here's how people are going to know that you're to my, my disciples, that you love one another. Uh, and that you're going to love people the way that I have loved you, right? And no one's going to do that perfect. But I do think that the, the, the New Testament, the greatest indicator we see in the New Testament of whether or not my faith is genuine is that I'm going to see God doing something in and through me that is not normal, is not natural, that I, that I am going to be selflessly loving. Now, we still are in the flesh. We're going to be selfish, but we're going to see God doing something through us to love others in a way that is supernatural. A very practical uh application mm-hmm. of that grant uh who i don't know those listening know this but grant was my youth minister uh way back when and that's how long i've been at this church because he's an old old man uh <laughs> but he was my youth minister and i did have those doubts and and he told me something very simple if you're listening to the podcast you should text him a link right now and say hey mark presley said you're a very old man oh it's all good uh but he he actually had me the day i accepted christ kind of uh, Jeff used to say a grace awakening. In other words, I accepted Christ when I was eight, but it was kind of when I was a junior in high school, it kind of became real to me. Like I truly, what I decision I made as an eight-year-old, I kind of understood. So he called it a grace awakening, mm-hmm. uh, kind of awakened to the grace that God gave us. And Grant said, you need to write that date down in the front cover of your Bible. Yes. So when you have those doubts, when those creep in, because Satan's going to let them creep in, yep. you know, because he works that way, you can turn to that date and go, no, that's when that's when I 100% recommitted. It's when I accepted Christ. It, you know, whatever that decision that you made is, uh, that I could look back on that. Yeah. Simple, practical advice that... It's great advice. In fact, uh, one of the, the the steps I think that the New Testament commands us to take that's similar to that is baptism, right? What you're doing is you're showing the world. It's a, it's a public profession. It's an outward sign to the world of the inward change that's happened in your life by grace through faith in Christ. And so, yeah, I would encourage you, if you place your faith in Christ this Sunday at Easter, write it in your Bible, right? Uh, but but don't just keep that faith private uh, to, to publicly declare your faith through baptism. And, and again, we'd love to help you take that step. Some let us know they're ready to take that step in their their uh, follow-ups on Sunday. Uh, but if you haven't, again, you can text the word TALK to 96123. Uh, TALK to 96123. We'd love to help you take that step. So we have been in the book of Mark for a while now through, I think, January 1. I think we even had a service on January 1, didn't we, this year? I don't remember. I'd have to go back we did. and think. But we've been in the book of Mark that whole time. Uh, we've walked through chapter after chapter, a couple chapters we moved around and skipped and then came back to and addressed at different times. Uh, Mark 14 was an example with Seder meal because we had that, but we still... Uh, did that. But as you look back, I want to give you a chance because I know we're moving to Daniel next week and I want to talk about Daniel. But uh, looking at the highlights and what I appreciated, because I've even with the name Mark that I've been given, I haven't truly, I've read the Bible, haven't I've read the Bible, I've read the book, I haven't truly studied it. So it was interesting to see. And I remember 
you know, week one of the podcast when we were talking about Mark that they said it's like the sports center. And it really is. It was highlight after highlight after highlight, hitting hitting the highs and lows and giving us specific details like the rock, the stone was large, uh, which is kind of one of those funny things you read. And then you made a whole sermon out of it. So, <laughs> But uh, looking back, and it could even be from this Sunday, uh, what has the book of Mark taught you, Sam, as our pastor? And, and what have you enjoyed looking through that and, and kind of, or is there something even from this week that you left out that you wish, I know a lot hits the editing room floor when you work on those sermons. And this was a shorter sermon because it was only 20, 25 minutes. If we don't include the last one, which went, you know, 55, I'm kidding, uh, went a little longer, but. So backing up, looking at the box top of Mark for me, uh, and yeah, I often think, hey, if, if if I just preached a sermon series and then I started again to preach a sermon series, the message would not be different, uh, but there would be a developed message because every time you walk through, right, anytime you study the Bible, it's living and active, sharpened into edged sword. So here is what I, hindsight, looking back on Mark, Mark is showing us that Jesus suffered. He was the suffering servant. Not like Matthew's, uh, when that was the last gospel we walked through as a church fully together. Matthew, it's the king, right? Jesus is the king. Of, and he's, Mark shows Jesus suffering over and over and over again. And then also has this heavy focus on discipleship where he's going to call his disciples to suffer as they follow him. So it sounds like a terrible message to hear. But actually, if you look at it the right way, I think it's one of the most encouraging messages to hear, that if, if you're suffering right now as a follower of Jesus, that does not mean you're not following him right. In fact, Mark would tell you that means you're actually following him right. You're following in the footsteps of Jesus. He's going to end that suffering when he comes back and he redeems. He's going to wipe every tear away. But if, if Jesus suffered, and so not only does it mean you're not wrong, but it means you now have a Savior who's able to identify with you in your suffering. The pain that you're feeling, he has felt on levels that you and I could never understand or imagine. And so even on the cross, as I was uh, uh, teaching the cross a week ago, right, that what he focuses on Jesus saying and what, what takes place when he's on the cross focuses more on the suffering side of what's going on. Even the resurrection story, uh, I believe, Mark ends in verse Eight. I didn't go at length in this on Sunday because it's uh, yeah it can distract from the message. But some of the manuscripts add right uh, uh, old manuscripts that verse nine on, but I think Mark ends like it begins, and and that's just abruptly, and it ends with these women like afraid. Like, it, it seems like, what? No, Jesus just rose again. Like, it would seem like, no, they're still in the world. They're still experiencing the, the, the difficulty of living life this side of heaven, and they're afraid. Uh, Jesus rose again. He said, go, Galilee, you're going to see me. But the emotion they're feeling isn't, woohoo, it's like they're afraid. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you end it? And I'm like, no, that's Mark. That's, that's Mark for us. So Jesus was a suffering servant. His followers will suffer. That doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Uh, you're, you're following after Jesus. In the end, he will remove that. So we go from the suffering servant into Daniel, who's living counterculturally uh, in exile, basically, and was taken in exile, uh, as you study it later in life, too, even, uh, but or lived in exile basically his whole life. 
Um, so talk a little bit, because if you haven't been listening to us, you just found us. Uh, we are going to be in the book of Daniel. We're in Daniel for a couple months, because we're going to uh, start in chapter one, and we're going to kind of hit the themes all the way through to uh, the first of August, and kind of look at Daniel. And And so uh, why don't you walk us through what we're going to discover in the next few weeks. So I wouldn't, I wasn't anticipating this transition. So I'm going to relate it to Mark. Okay. okay? I think some people think uh, outside looking in, if you just have Veggie Tales, right, a version of what Daniel is, then you think that the message of Daniel is going to be he's going to protect you from every fire. Or you think the message of Daniel is he's going to shut the mouth of your lions if, if you're following him right, right? Um, that's not the message of Daniel. <laughs> Daniel is almost the opposite of that message. Like God sends his people, not just his people, but Judah, which if you look at the southern and the northern kingdom, the northern kingdom was much worse, and they get conquered earlier by Assyria and taken into exile. And Judah seems to be following God a little better, but then goes downhill. Jehoiakim is the king, and then they they get taken away. His own people get taken away into exile. And that includes Daniel and his three friends, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which actually that's their, Daniel's is their Hebrew name. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is their Babylonian name, which is actually a pagan names that, I, that we know them by. But he takes them, and they get placed in the king's palace over there, and uh, they, they go through all of the cultural tension of living in Babylon, but not compromising in Babylon. And so what I see as we walk through the message of Daniel, I think is incredibly relevant for us because we're going to see what it looks like not just to survive in a Babylonian culture, not just to make it, but to actually thrive in a Babylonian culture. Now, at times they're going to experience extreme opposition because they stand up for their faith, but they're not going to compromise their faith. God's going to be with them the whole time, even though at times it's suffering, Right, He's going to be with them the whole time, and as they follow him in it, it, it becomes this beautiful example to us, and what does it look like for us to live? If you want to be a difference maker right now, like Daniel was in our culture, you have to live differently than our culture does, and Daniel will, and so will his friends, and we get to learn from that. So I, I'm eager to jump in. That's first half. First half is all about the prophet Daniel. The second half is the prophecies of Daniel of the return of Christ. And so we're going to go through all of it, right? We're, we're going to major on what's clear, not on what's unclear, right? Uh, but we'll talk about some of those things too because it's, it's beautiful. And I do believe Jesus is going to come back soon. Uh, and we get to look forward to what's coming. I'll, I had one last thing. Ah, I'm okay, talking more it. than normal. Uh, as again, relating it to Mark, uh, I wasn't planning to do this. Mark, the suffering servant. If you look at cultures throughout the history of Christianity who have suffered the greatest, those cultures love to study Revelation and Daniel. Why? Well, they point us to the fact that God knows their suffering here. He's not apart from it, but he's going to end it 
in the end, there is this great plan that the king is returning, right? And he's going to rescue us from it. So if you're hurting, if you're hurting, uh, Mark would tell you that, I mean, you're not following God, that Daniel's going to show us how do we live following God in our hurting and that it will end in the end. And we hope this series kind of as, as you planned it out and talked it out and prayed through, if you don't know, Sam gets away and kind of looks ahead and it just happened to fall on Daniel and and where it falls, but it fits perfect going from Mark into Daniel That's without right. without. And I know God had a plan in it, but it's just kind of how it fits right in. And we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna be in that through August. And I'm excited as I looked ahead and kind of help plan some of that with you and and look through that. But if you haven't, it's much more as you just said than Daniel in Lions Den, the writing on the wall, the. Uh, uh, there's a big statue involved, uh, the fiery furnace, you yeah. know, which isn't even, it's in Daniel, but it's not a, about Daniel. Um, but there's there's that, and then we get into that prophecy. But even those stories, there's so much more. There's a lot of meat on the bone yeah. uh, for those, and, and I know we'll miss some, but I hope we can catch a lot of that in podcasts, and we'll see how this podcast works out over the summer. But we hope you'll stick with us through all of that as Sam and I take breaks and other people uh, jump in and help us as we go, and different people are going to preach throughout this, and uh, it's going to be exciting. But it, Mark has been awesome. I'm, I'm excited to get off of a book— that has my name because it's always weird as we talk about it. And you say, it's well, Mar- confusing on the well Mark says, no, it's not me. It's the gospel of Mark, but um, who has much more authority than I do. But uh, um, it's been an awesome, awesome time. And hopefully uh, you can go back and catch up on some of those podcasts and some of those questions that you asked us that we tried to answer in this time. But as always, we want to make sure you like, share, um, all the things you would do with this podcast. Uh, be sure to ask us questions, especially as we get into some of these hard things like prophecy and and other stuff as we look through Daniel. We love those questions and love to just kind of chew on them and talk about them. You can do that by texting the word question to 96123. It's the same number that he did the talk. If you want to accept Christ, that was talk to 96123. And then the questions, in both cases, they'll send you prompts and, and kind of take you where you need to go. Uh, we also today... Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, started a new Bible reading plan. So I don't want to leave before I mention that. And it's actually not, the book of Daniel might be in there, but it's kind of hitting some highlights. It's not reading through the Bible, but it's reading through the Bible. In other words, we're not doing verse by verse, but we're hitting kind of a chapter and we'll spend a couple days in Old Testament and then jump over to a couple days in the New Testament. Another church set it up for us, and we're just kind of partnering with them. But you can text the word Bible to 96123. It'll send you prompts every day, or you can go to firstmckinney.com slash Bible, or a new version. It's called The Greatest Story, uh, and it's kind of kind of this multicolor picture that looks like all these different images from the Bible. Uh, but it'll carry us all the way through uh, just about into January. Uh, we'll end right after Christmas. Christmas with that one, and we hope you'll read along with us um, all that. I'll give you the last word, um, but again, text word question 96123 to send a question in. Text word talk if you accepted Christ this weekend or anytime to let us know so we can help you take those next steps, and text the word Bible to 96123 if you want to jump in on the reading plan. 
You're smiling because you got a word, so oh, go ahead and dude. give it. The stone was rolled away so that we could see and believe. He's alive, right? There's a real king, a real kingdom. His name is Jesus. He's the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. In his love and by his grace, he lived a perfect life. He died in our place, and he rose again on the third day. So we celebrated on Sunday. Even if you're not in our church, you may have celebrated in another place. Billions of people literally around the world celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's coming again. Daniel's going to talk to us about it. Repent, believe, follow him. Be part of his kingdom now and forever. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.